number three. We thank and we praise God for his word today and, and the timing of everything that is happening. The timing of everything that's happening. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now. We bless you. We honor you. We give your name praise and glory. We ask, Father God, let your anointing rest upon your word. Also, Father God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you allow your anointing to rest upon this vessel. And, Father God, let us be used for your glory. This we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Going to the book of Joshua, chapter number 3. Uh, we want to talk about uh, uncharted land, uncharted land. There is a place God is, is, is preparing, is setting forth, has already set up uh, for the people of God. But there are some things that has to transpire before we get to that place. So when we begin to look at chapter number three and the book of Joshua, let's begin reading at verse number one. Joshua chapter number three, verse one says, and Joshua rose early in the morning and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and they lodged there before they passed over. Now, what we are seeing here is when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, now, they, they, they began to, uh, they found themselves in a place called Shittim. And, but then they had to be removed from that place and they had to go to Jordan. This is, will be relevant to our lives today. Now, the place called Shittim, now that word means thorns and it also means a place of sin. So what they had to do was remove themselves from the place of sin. Because when they came out of Egypt or when they came out of the world or when they came out of that place of limitations, they found themselves at that place of sin called Shittim. And what they did was they became entangled with the people of that nation and they began to be seduced by the Moab women. So they were caught up in sin. So in order for God to t uh, take them to that uncharted land, which was the promised land that has already been set up for them, they had to be removed and go to a place called Jordan. Now, Jordan is the spiritual stream of life. So then they, they, they were removed from sin. See, we, in order for God to get us to where he wants us to be, we have to come out. Babylon has to come out. God's people has to come out from among them. And so that's what's happening now. God, there's a call for the people of God to remove themselves and go to higher ground. See, every time you hear things that's being spoken, we have to remember to apply it spiritually. When there's a call to move from, from a low level to higher ground, that means really God is, calling God, God is calling his people to come up to a higher ground, to, to a new level, to a greater dimension. So they, they had to move from that place. Then the Bible says this in verse number 2 in Joshua chapter number 3. Verse 2 says, And it came to pass after three days, that the officers went through the host. Verse 3 says, And they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, 
Then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Now, this is very, very important. This is very important. The Bible says here that, that they were commanded, the people were commanded, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God. In other words, when you see divine truth, the ark of covenant represents the, design, the divine truth. When you see it, now you don't move until you see it because there's a reason why. When you see the divine truth, and, and this is where there has to become a, a, a repositioning and a restoring and a real, realignment because it says when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then ye shall move. Now, in other words, it's saying when you see the priesthood, when you see the leaders, when you see the pastors, when you see them bearing divine truth, that's when you move. You don't follow if they're not bearing divine truth. There is so many false leaders out here, so much false teaching, it just don't make no sense. So you got to make sure before you make a move, before you follow whomever, you make sure they are bearing the divine truth. In other words, they are bearing God's truth because it seems like everybody's got a doctrine today. <laughs> Everybody seems to have a doctrine. You know, uh, I had all kind of stuff sent to me this week on Facebook about rebuking the storm, rebuking God and praying that God, yeah, God, pray for mercy. Because, see, one thing about mankind, mankind wants to get off the hook with no consequences. Sin brings consequences. Sin, sin has a payment. That payment is called death. And as, as I said to Dr. Mann, I said, listen, very few lives are being taken, but a whole lot of material stuff is being taken. So those things that they have placed before God or we have placed before God, then God, that's what God's after. He's taking that material stuff. But you want to make sure that before you move, before you follow anybody that, that puts on that label that say they are a pastor, they are a leader, they are a priest, whatever they say in, in, the, in, in the way of the kingdom leading God's people, make sure they are bearing the truth of God. Don't follow any and everything. Amen. I don't care who it is. If I'm wrong, if Dr. Manley is wrong, the Bible says you don't follow us. Hello. We're putting our own stuff in the pot. Don't follow. Amen. Because, see, only time you're going to move and get to the place where God has you to be, that the priest has to line up. There has to be a repositioning. There has to be a realignment. Because, see, a lot of leaders are all about what they can get themselves. Amen? Now, we've heard about the story about Joel Osteen, you know, you know but they still follow. Amen? You know, you got people that has a need and, and flooded and they're homeless, and you don't want to open up this great big uh, uh, emphasis that you have to bring those people in. But yet we name the name of Jesus. And I'm quite sure he's not the only one. Amen? But the priest has to line up. Leadership has to line up. Make sure you do not follow, <laughs> amen, unless you see. Make sure they got vision and they know where they are going, amen. Now, going back to Joshua chapter number 3, looking at verse number 4. 
This is important. This is the reason why the, the priesthood, and we can bring it on down to every man that's representative in his house. He is a, he is a priest of that house. Now, if we, if we are single women or if we have no one, no male figure, we've got God, amen, who is, who is the one, the priest over our house, and we know he won't lead us wrong, amen. We know he will not lead us wrong. But we have to make sure, even coming down to our own household, we're in right positioning and we're leading correctly. Now, verse number four says this. Uh, yet there shall be a space between you and it, talking about the Ark of the Covenant, the, the divine truth, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way therefore. In other words, we're heading in new territory. <laughs> Our uncharted land that has already been prepared for us, but we got to learn how to follow. A lot of times, people do not want to submit. Right now, we've got more people rebuking leadership than we have uh, 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 leaders that should be in the right place. I mean, they're rebuking. I mean, they said they know what to do. They know which way to go. But the Word of God says, how can you hear without a preacher? Then he says, how can you preach except he be sent? So he says, where you going, you've never been that way before. It's just like, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit, I heard that one. It's just like this. If, if you don't know how to manage your money, how are you going to tell me how to manage mine? Amen. If you broke, how are you going to tell me how to get someone when you don't know how? I mean, is that plain, right? I mean, that's the only thing that the Holy Spirit gave me. He said, use that. If you're living in poverty, you can't tell me about the richness that's out there that God has for us. Amen? So, so therefore, God says, you don't know because the place where God has taken us, it's, I mean, it's got stuff. I mean, it, it has so much spiritually, physically, as well as financially. And, and, and we're going to show that in the Word. Amen? So you've got to learn to stay behind, you know, the ones that's bearing divine truth. Now, don't follow anything. We told you that, right? You got to be able to stay behind farther enough so you can see directions, so you can see which way to go. He said, You hadn't been this way before. So if you hadn't been this way before, then if I've never gone to New York, I definitely can't tell you how to get there. Amen. I, I can't tell you. And I have you on all kinds of roads because I do that locally. Amen. And I've lived here all my, all my life. Amen. So you got to make sure you, you, you follow, you follow and you listen to instructions. Now, the next thing it says after um, there's that realignment, the repositioning of the priesthood, uh, uh, and verse number 5 says this, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves. Clean up. Sanctify means to clean up. Set yourself apart. You know, sanctify yourselves, for it says, For tomorrow, that means your next season, the Lord will do wonders among you. God is going to do some great and mighty things if we follow instructions. If we follow instructions. Now, verse number 6 says, uh, And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant. They got to take up divine truth. And pass over before the people. Leadership can't hang out with the people. Can't hang out with them. You just can't do it. Because, see, everybody can't handle your nakedness. 
Amen. Everybody can't do it. See, we can have nakedness as far as the body of Christ is concerned, but, but they expect leadership to have no nakedness. In other words, the leadership has to be uh, um, pure as gold, but we can live like anything. Amen. But, but, but he's saying that we all, 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 we all have to clean up. Amen. Yeah, it's not just one part. We all have to sanctify ourselves because God wants to do wonders. He tells the priest, now you, you take up the divine truth, the Ark of the Covenant, and you pass over before the people. In other words, get your act together is what God's saying. Leadership, pastors, uh, priests, priests, whomever, whatever your title may be, apostles or, or um, anything that you call yourself, even get your act together, then you can lead the people. Amen? Then he said, take up the Ark of the Covenant, and, they, said, and went before, they went before the people. In other words, they followed the instruction God told them to do. All right, now let's move over to chapter number 5. Chapter number 5. Chapter number 5. See, there are some things that has to be in position before you can receive what God has for you. Starting off, he started off with the priesthood first. He started off with leadership. You got to get yourself aligned with God's word. You just got to start bearing the truth of God. Then you, you're responsible to lead the people. So, and the people has to make sure they're following far enough behind. They can't say they see. No, you, you, you don't see because you hadn't been this way before. See, even the priests hadn't been that way before. So therefore, they had to make sure they're bearing the truth. They're, they're bearing the word of God. You've got to hear what God is saying, what God is doing. Amen. Now, Joshua chapter number 5 and beginning reading at verse number 6. Verse number 6 in Joshua chapter number 5. Verse 6 says, For the children of Israel walked 40 years. Wow in the wilderness to all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt was consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord swear that he would not show them the land which the Lord swear unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. Now, what is verse number 6 saying to me? What is verse number 6 saying to all of us? There are some people, and probably will be most people, that will not be able to go where God is taking you to. See, God has to let some folk die. And the reason why he allowed those people to die in the wilderness is because they didn't believe the voice of God. And see, that's what's happening now. Well, we can, we can pull in the storm. You know, and they say, hey, you, you need to evacuate. You need to leave. It's going to be bad. And, and, and they say, well, we've been through this before. Well, they said, no, you hadn't been through this before because this has never happened before. So they're really tempting God. Amen. So, so we've got to learn that whenever God uh, uh, is speaking and he's saying, listen, some folk won't be able to go with you where God is taking you. So don't feel bad when, when you've got some friends that, that God will separate you from. Amen? Because they can't go where God is going to take you to. Amen? First of all, you got to make sure who's traveling with you got some faith. You don't want nobody with you that don't do not believe. Amen? You want to make sure who you're traveling with because you're going to an uncharted land, but it's a blessed land. 
I mean, it's, it's already been set up and already been established for you. But some people cannot go with you because they do not have the faith. You know how it is? You've got some, some fair-weather friends. They don't believe. They don't believe God's going to do this for you. And next thing you know, you know you, 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 when you try to tell them your dreams and your visions, you know, they don't believe. Well, them folk can't go with you because they did not hear what God told you. So it goes here now. He says, these folks has got to die. They, they, they can't go with you because of the fact they do not believe. And not only did they do a circumcision as when it came to the foreskin because they had to be circumcised, but the people that you're going to take with you on your journey where God has those things established for you, they had to have a circumcision of the heart. Their heart has got to be right. You don't want nobody to go with you that their heart's not right. And that the heart's not right, that means it's going to block your blessing. Amen? Listen, because they got a problem with somebody, that don't mean I got to have a problem with them. That's, I said, you know, I'm like that without man. Well, if you got an issue with somebody or they got an issue with you, I ain't got nothing to do with that. You know, my heart got to be pure because I don't want my blessings blocked. Amen. So you got to make sure they, they have a circumcision of heart. So you can, and we ourselves have to make sure our heart has been circumcised. Amen. So that we can believe what God. It may sound crazy. It may literally sound crazy what God tells us to do, but we still have to do what he says. Why? Because there is an uncharted land out there. It is flowing. And flowing with the I-N-G means it's never ending. It's flowing, when it says with milk and honey, it is flowing with richness, with the goodness of God. So we want to make sure that we receive all that the Lord has for us, spiritually, physically, as well as financially. So we got to understand now, everyone cannot go where you are going. Amen. Don't feel bad. They cannot go where you are going. Amen. Let them say what they want to say about you. Let them say you think you're better than them. And, uh, let them say what they want to. You just keep stepping. Amen. You keep moving where God has called for you to move. Amen. It, sometimes we're like, oh, I'm, I'm just so all along. I just, listen, God has some things set up and planned for every individual's life. Now, let's drop down to verse number 10. Verse number 10. Because we understand now, everything that's henceforth is overflowing. You go, when, you, when, you, when, when you get into that, that, that place that God has called for you to be, then make sure you come back and you tell somebody God did it for you. Amen. Because God wants to put you in that land, and, and it's already set up. It's already been established for you. Now, Joshua chapter number 5, looking at verse number 10. All right, here's, here's the next step, verse number 10. Okay, verse 10 says, And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgad. Now, the word Gilgad, that means the Lord says first truth. They camped in a place of First truth. We're going to deal with that first truth. And then it says, and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at evening in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old coin of the land on the morrow after the Passover. Unleavened cakes and parched corn in the self same day. Verse 12 says, and the manner ceased on the morrow, means the next, that season, that season, after 
they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Now, there's a lot say, that's being said right here. There's a lot being said. First thing he says, now they have come, as they're traveling through the spiritual stream of life, Jordan, now they stop at a place called Gilgal. Gilgal is that place of first truth. First truth is that very first place where you begin to learn about God. But you, what you have to catch about first truth is it might be some fairy tales in it. First truth. In other words, what you may have been taught that wasn't biblically. First truth. Okay? See, that season has to end because you're going to a place where God has called for you to go and it is filled with milk and honey. It's just like this. I'm going to use personal experiences. I had a lady come here. I think she said she was a prophet. I think she, I think she said she was a prophet. I guess that's what she said she was. She and her, uh, her husband came. And um, she had a problem with me. And the reason why she had a problem with me because she said um, uh, she didn't think women need to be wearing pants preaching in the pulpit. So she couldn't hear what God had to say. Well, now, you know what I said? Bye. God don't care nothing about my pants. Amen. He cares about my heart. See, in, the, in her first truth, she was taught that women were not supposed to wear pants at no time, especially not somebody standing up here and carrying the gospel. Amen. So she, she couldn't get beyond the pants. She couldn't hear God speak because she was too busy looking at them pants in her first truth. See, we got a lot of first truths. At one point in my life, you know, it, it was wrong to wear makeup. And I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you what I did now, you know, because I knew what truth was. I knew that God don't care nothing about that. He don't care nothing about that. See, Jezebel is a spirit. We think Jezebel is being painted up and all this stuff. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. Jezebel is a spirit. So uh, I had a pastor, you know, he's, he's deceased now and praise God for his soul. And uh, he had, he had a, a, a four or five sisters that were preachers. One was a pastor. And, and they didn't believe in wearing no makeup, no paint, none of that. They didn't believe in none of that. So whenever we go to that church, I'm stripping off my makeup, no earrings. You know, I'm trying to blend in, right? But when I come back home, <laughs> I put my stuff back on. Amen. But, but later on down the road, they began to learn that what they had been taught was not correct. So, they, you know, they begin, next thing you know, I'm seeing these people, okay, I'm seeing a pastor with earrings on, makeup, and pants. Okay, they finally learned truth. So there's a lot of things that we have been taught you know, in our first truth state when it came to, when we came into our salvation, that was not correct. So it's important we understand that as we move forward in God, we got to put aside some things that's not correct. That's why it's so important that we study the Word of God, amen, and rightly dividing the Word of God, rightly dividing the truth of God. you got to be able to divide the Word. you got to know what the Word is saying because you can be misled. And sometimes we ourselves will mislead ourselves, amen. And then it says here, he says, he goes on in verse 12, he, he, ta- he tells them that uh, in verse 11, he said, and they, eat, and they did eat of the old corn. That means that old corn represents that, that ancient knowledge. Uh, they will eat of the ancient knowledge of, the, of that land on, on that next season. But then it says in verse number 12, And the manor ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. The manor ceased. And what we get now, 
God's not going to be dropping it out the sky. Well, we're going to have to fight for some the things that we want. We got to possess it. It's there. But, you know, there was a time when you first got saved, it seemed like well, no matter what you prayed, what you, what you asked God for, bam, it happened. But there comes a time when as we are mature in Christ, things don't come as quickly. And what God does, he's really testing us. He's, even right now, God is testing man. Because the Bible says, after everything that took place, man still did not repent. That's over in the book of Revelation. Man is not going to repent because man is bent on doing wrong. As I shared with a lady that, that decides to stay in Florida uh, uh, in Daytona yesterday, and, uh, and, and we were talking, but she said to me, she said, I believe there's more light in the world than there is dark. I said, well, that's contrary to what the Scripture says because the Scripture says man loves darkness rather than light. I said, if you look around, there's a whole lot of darkness going on. I said, even our light, as we're trying to shine, as those of, of God that's really trying to shine, what's happening, we'll, we'll mess around and start compromising. We'll start compromising when wrong being wrong, call right. And I said, how can you call wrong right? I said, that's darkness. You, you, you can't go along with that. So at that moment, she decided not to talk to me for a while. Amen. Because she had to reexamine her thinking. That was the first truth that she had. I said, look around, baby. Where you been living at? Where have you been residing? I said, they're they removing God from everything. Uh, they, won't, they don't want anything that looks like God, resembles God, or anybody that can speak God's word. They don't want to hear none of that. They just want to hear how they're going to get their stuff and how much they're going to have. But see, God's already got some things already set up for you. You just got to walk the right way and align up with, with his way. God is not saying be broke. No, that's not what he's saying. Because when he called Abraham out, he blessed Abraham. And he didn't tell us we're Abraham's seed. He's going to bless the people of God. But you can't take the things of God, amen, and put God to the side. As Dr. Manley so profoundly shared a few minutes ago, how the church was filled when we were going to get free stuff. And then those people that got the free stuff, they're not here today, amen. So we want the things of God, but we don't want God. It doesn't work that way. I'd rather have the whole package. I'd rather have God and whatever else he's got to give me. Because he's already said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. And then he says, then all these other things shall be added. So all these other things will come, but we got to put him first. Amen. So he says here in his word, in verse number 12, he says, now manna is going to cease. You know, when, when the children of Israel, when, uh, when they came out of Egypt, you know, God just blessed them. I mean, he told them, he said, I'm going to rain out man. I'm going to give you this, 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 this uh, spiritual bread from heaven that, that fell to the earth. He said, every day you need to go out and you get. He said, but on that, that, uh, the seventh day, you don't go get on the Lord's Sabbath day. He said, you don't do that. He said, you get enough for, for on that uh, sixth day. You get enough up so that you'll have for the next day. Well, some of them got greedy, amen, because they didn't think God was going to provide. And they turned into worms. But then when they start, you know how it is. When God blesses us, we still complain no matter what. He fed them. He blessed them. Then they didn't want that bread no more. You know how it is. Well, I don't want these beans no more. I, I, don't, I don't want to eat this here no more. I'm, I'm tired of this. Well, God will give you some quail, <laughs> That he'll give you so much of quail, you'll be sick of it. Amen. He'll give us around and give you so much of the same thing, and you'll be tired of it. So that's what happened with the people. You know, they started complaining. They started murmuring. You know, God don't like for us to murmur and complain. 
And especially when he's blessed. Be thankful. Be thankful in everything. Be thankful. Those people began to complain. God said, okay, I'm going to send you some meat. But when you get what I'm going to send you, you're going to get tired of it. Because I'm going to give you so much of it. Amen. It's just like, you know, it's about work. Well, I, I can't get enough hours. Well, after a while, God will give you so, more, so many hours. You say, I'm tired. I need some rest. But then you ask for it. Amen. So you have to be careful what you're asking God for. Because God will give it to you. So he sends all his quail. I mean, they're just everywhere. And I mean, it's just important. It just, they were just so sick of quail. But we have to, have to be careful how we are murmuring against God because he is setting us up for our next season. He's setting us up for that uncharted land that so many blessings is in that uncharted land. Now, I'm going to blow your mind when, 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 we, when we get to this other part, the latter part of verse number 12. All right. It's manna going to cease. The way God did things in your life before, it's going to change. It is going to change. Now, God has a right to change his mind. He reserves that right. He did that. They fled from Miami because they thought the hurricane was going to hit. Well, within 24 hours, that's all the time that people had on the West Coast to find out that it was coming their way. God had changed his mind. He wasn't going to do a direct, a direct hit to Miami, but he was moving that thing over a little bit. God reserves the right to change his mind. Now people are trying to run, trying to run back to where they ran from. You can't run from God. You can't, you can't run from God. So, so what God is saying, the way I did things in your life in this season now, he said, that's going to change. It is going to change. Get ready for change. Amen? Get ready for change. Now, watch what he says here in the latter part of verse number 12. It says, neither had the children of Israel manner anymore. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year, that year. Now, I took the liberty of looking up the word fruit. We are almost done. I took a liberty. Look up the word fruit. The Hebrew word for fruit there means income. The Hebrew word for fruit in uh, verse number 12 means income. It means revenue. It means increase. It means financial gain. So God says, man, it's going to cease, but look what I got you. He said, for, for, for this year, it says, for that year. That means there's a specific time. So look at what God is going to do in your life. There is going to be increase. Now, God is calling for uh, an increase in your finances. That word fruit there means income. It, it said that year. So that let me know there's a limited time for that, that income increase to come. Now, you've got to use some wisdom now. You've got to use some wisdom. When God increases your revenue, you've got to learn to not to spend it all in the same place. Amen. You've got to learn to put some back. This, where we're going in this uncharted land, what's already there, God says it is a, a revenue increase. You're going to get a financial gain. Don't let the devil take it. Amen. Don't let the devil rob or steal, steal from us what God has prepared for us. Amen. 
Because God is a God of preparation. So, so understanding now, understand that we are going to receive a financial increase. Somebody say, well, yeah, you're talking about money. Well, that's what the book said. In uncharted land where you've never been before, God says you're about to get a financial increase that you've never experienced before. I receive that. I receive that. I receive that because it's in the book. You will receive, he says, that year you're going. See, in this, in this upcoming year, this, this year, what we're in now, it's starting right now. Even though things may look rough, things may look bleak, things, in other places, situations, you know, we got to understand God is still going to be behind his word. God has to do what he has to do. Man has to come to repentance. Mankind does not want to come to repentance. But God said those that obey, he says, there will be a financial increase in your life. I said, God, I receive it. Amen. Because right now, I'm on a fixed income. So welcome, welcome, Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome, welcome. Financial increase is coming to my house. Y'all got to speak for yourself now. Financial increase is coming to my house. Amen. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. According to his word. Amen. And his word says, in that year, in the land of Canaan, Canaan's line is, is considered, as uh, in, in Hebrew, a place where we bow down before the Lord, where we humble ourselves before God. Once we humble ourselves before God, we put God in his rightful place. God said, I'm going to pour you out blessings that you do not have room enough to receive. Amen. You're going to be, the, you're going to be what God tells us to be. You will be the lender and not the buyer. Hey, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How many folks would like to be on the other, other side of the totem pole? You want to be the lender and not the borrower. Amen. So all of this is, is coming in this uncharted land. We just got to reposition. We have to line up ourselves. Amen. Now, in verse number 13, and we're almost done. In verse number 13, in the book of Joshua, chapter number 5, it says, And it came to what? Pass. When Joshua was about Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand and Joshua went unto him and said unto him art thou for us or for our adversaries now in verse number 13 the the next thing that has to happen as God let us know we're going to get that financial increase we've got to raise our vision he said, the Bible said he lifted up his eyes and looked. He, he, some of us think too small. We serve a big God, but we think too small. We got to raise our vision. We, we, we have to raise our, our insight. We got to raise our, 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 the viewing of our sight. We have to lift up our eyes, raise our vision. You know, it's like the impossible. I remember a long time ago, I, I preached at a prayer breakfast, and, 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 and the lady said to me, she said, God is going to take you to places you've never been before. So I, even now, that, that word came back to me the other day, and I said, praise God. God, I have to raise my vision. God is going to take me to places I've never been before. I have no clue where that's going to be, but I'm ready to go. I'm making preparations. Amen. I'm making preparation spiritually, physically, and financially. He's going to give me the money, amen, to be able to handle where he wants me to go, amen. So I receive that, but I've got to raise my vision, and then I've got to look, 
And see, the next thing we will see when you raise your vision and, and when you're looking at what God is saying, the next thing you will see, it says, There stood a man over against with his sword drawn in his hand. Now, we have to understand now, you got, you got to look at what these words mean. When you think about the word sword, we always think about a knife or we think about cutting. Here, the word sword in Hebrew means drought or destruction. Drought or destruction. Out of midst of everything that we see that's going on, there will be drought and there will be destruction. That is going back to 9-11. All you can first see is the first effect, but we don't never see the domino effect. The domino effect came later when the economy was gotten real bad. The economy now has begun to slowly improve. But in some areas, it, we will be affected, all of us, because there will be a drought. But before the drought comes, God has already made preparations for us to have financial gain. Amen. So in other words, you got to, you got to get what you got to get cheap. Amen. Because things are going to raise it. It's going to have a greater price to it. Amen. So when it has a greater price, if, if something's like the year 2019, that's, a couple, that's what, a, a couple years from now. So, so that's good. It's okay to buy because you can sit back at the while and you ain't got to spend a dime. And that money you don't have to spend, what you end up, you will, you will put it away. Amen. Because there's going to come a drought. There's going to come a, come a drought. There's going to come destruction. Amen. But he looks, look at this. What he does is he begins to question the adversary. He wants to know, well, are you with me or are you not with me? I know something is going to happen, but are you going to be with me or are you not going to be with me? But look at verse number 14. 14 says, and he said, nay. In other words, I'm not with nobody. I'm, just, I'm a messenger for God. <laughs> I'm carrying out God's wishes. That's what he's saying. And he said, verse 14, uh, Joshua chapter number 5, Nay, but as captain of our host of the Lord, I am now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and he did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? Verse 14 is saying to us, when you see, when you see and this is, this is a, the, the, spiritual, the spiritual angelic being, what God is doing right now is getting people to fall to their knees. He's, he's seeking people to worship him. But that's not happening. If you know, and I, and I kept hearing people talking about praying and praying and rebuking, but I, and I put, I don't hear nothing about repentance. I do not hear anything about repentance. And then they said, well, you know, people repent during a time of fear because they, they're afraid of God. Well, God knows our heart. God wants us to humble ourselves and begin to worship him. That's what the Lord is looking for. People do not move until God really moves. When God really moves, we want to holler, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Amen. But the fact remains is this, God is looking. The Bible says he's looking for people to worship him. He's looking for people to fall down, humble themselves, and acknowledge who he is. And see, that is what has to happen. Until that happens, we will continue to see all creation respond to, to do God's bidding. And it is God's bidding that these things that are happening and let me tell you how powerful God is. This, this, this thing, it, it literally blew my mind. When, when they said in the Caribbean, one of, the, one of the, the oceans there, that it scooped up the water from the ocean. 
and left nothing but mud. Now, that's scary. Now, to me, that is scary. God is so powerful, he will use the creation because he told, now, he, he, he's, he's walking in the storm. He's not only talking, but he's walking. But he's sucking up the water from the ocean. That's power, y'all. That, that's power. See, we think we treat God like he's man. No, 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 no. God is nothing. A man is nothing compared to what God is. I mean, all powerful. Can you imagine just at a breath, you know, just a, and, and all that water just dried up, gone? That, 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 to me, that I, I can't even begin to imagine that in my little old mortal mind. That's phenomenal. God is going to continue doing what he has to do until we humble ourselves, get on our knees, and begin to look to the Savior and turn from our wicked ways. The Bible says if we would turn, pray, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways, we can ask God and he will heal the land. He will heal the land. Our land, I'm not talking about a physical land. I'm talking about the people that dwells on earth. We need to be healed. We, 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 we need to know who God is and reverence the Lord. We need our healing internally. And so that it will bring a manifestation so we can just, just express our belief about God. But God is going to continue to do what he's doing until man submit, I hear your Holy Spirit, and humble themselves. Now look at verse number 15. And 15 is going to be our last verse. Joshua chapter number 5. Verse 15 is our last verse. Verse 15 says, And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoes from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. In other words, he obeyed. Well, what is he talking about? Am I supposed to take off my shoes? No. He said, loose thy shoe from off thy foot. In other words, God said, give up your rights. Give up your rights. Surrender your rights. Because where you're standing, you're standing on holy ground. See, God, this is why, you know, I said, what we don't understand is God lives on the inside of us. So that means all of us in, in, in the inside of us, that's holy ground. So where are we taking God? Where, where, where are we taking God on our journey in life? Where, where are we taking God? God said, give up your rights and let me take hold of your life. And then I can lead you into that place, that uncharted land. He said, I've got it set up, set up flowing with milk and honey. It's, it's flowing with everything that you knew. In other words, God is preparing his people, those that will obey, for a land of overflow. A place, anybody want to be in a place of overflow? I do. More than enough overflow. God says, listen, give up your rights. Take, take your hands off it. He said, let, let, let me take full control of your life. He said, I, I will show you what I have for you. And your eyes, eyes you know, won't be able to comprehend. No, your ears, you won't be able to comprehend all that God has in store for your life. But he said, you first got to, you've got to give up your rights and understand you're in the presence of a holy God. We're in the presence of a holy God. Uncharted lands. Get ready. As T.D. Jake said, get ready, get ready, get ready. God has already spoken. He is going to do just that. Financial gain, it's at my house. Thank you, Lord. 
Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. But I got to give up my rights and serve a true and a living God. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. We're just thankful and we're grateful for God's word. We're thankful and grateful for all of you um, for your presence uh, this morning and with everything's going on. I don't know if, if we got things going on or not. I, you know, but we here know what God got in store for us. Amen. That's all that matters. Amen. And so we want to make sure that we follow what the Lord has 